right, and we are back with another episode of JR Takes. As always, Ryan and I coming at you with the latest Seattle sports news. But uh, first and foremost, the NFL season has finally come to an end. And Swifty, Kelsey are Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I kind of just had a feeling this was going to happen really after like the Buffalo game. Yeah, um, me too. The Chiefs just... You can kind of tell in a postseason when a team is playing um, just a little faster than the other teams and just making bigger, you know, crazier plays. I know that's kind of a vague way of describing it, but I just think of all those insane rollouts Mahomes had in throwing across his body to Travis Kelsey where it's just like, I mean, they lost that play schematically and they still get 20 yards you know like what what do you do to stop that and on top of that Chiefs defense this is the best defense I think I've ever seen the Chiefs have personally yeah I would argue that Chris Jones might have been he was like that when Cam Chancellor didn't win MVP but everyone thought he should have I kind of felt like that's how the game went down yesterday even though Mahomes willed them to victory him or Trent McDuffie there was McDuffie a, had some insane plays. Well, there in was that some. Uh, there was that one throw to Debo that uh, Brock Purdy had. He was that was a touchdown. Would have given them the lead, but Chris mm-hmm. Jones disrupted his elbow and he overthrew him and went out of the back of the end zone. So. Yeah, there there was two plays like that, and I think it might have also been Chris Jones um, where Ayuk was wide open in the end zone, and I think it was right before the Niners kicked that field goal in overtime. Mm-hmm. So there's so many plays and in this game that had to go the right way, like right at that second for it to end this way. And honestly, I thought the 49ers were a better team than the Chiefs. And I thought, um, just to give a guy some credit who I have not given credit all year, I thought Brock Purdy played a phenomenal game. And to do it against the Chiefs defense in that situation was was really impressive to me. Um, So all the people out there that are using that game as an opportunity to like, you know, say that he's a fraud like I feel like you you didn't really watch the same game agreed I, I I thought Brock Purdy was pretty composed the whole game even when he was getting hit mm-hmm. uh, and yeah he certainly surprised me I think you know his weaknesses were exposed and if you bring the blitz he's going to struggle and that's exactly what we saw um but yeah Mahomes is on another level he's been hearing the term Jordan-esque being thrown around a lot, and it's kind of hard to argue. He's already mm-hmm. won three Super Bowls in, what's his sixth season? Well, and it's like you compare him. Like, there's the Brady-Mahomes conversation is already happening, a la Jordan and LeBron. Yeah. But the thing is, I feel like the just how dynamic and special of a player Mahomes is just really jumps off the screen in a way that it never did with Tom because Tom's, you know, drop back two seconds, mm-hmm. throw a dart, like, you know, slant or something like that. Never was a guy that was winning with his athleticism, although he was good at stepping up in the pocket to avoid sacks. It was actually really annoying whenever you were playing against Tom. You're like, why can't we get this, like, you know, half-broken horse out of the pocket and just <laughs> tackle him? Um but yeah, Mahomes is really cementing his legacy because statistically, no one's ever been off to a better start at this point in his career. And now that he's starting to collect these rings, it's like they're really the the biggest opposition he has for getting that goat title is just time and injury luck. Yeah. 
Well, still plenty of... Uh, we got a lot of people potentially picking them to three-peat. But, I mean, I guess I could see it. I just... I don't know. If, if they throw out the same team next year, I mean, I would imagine Burrow's going to be healthy. The Bills, I... Ugh. I don't even know what's going on with them. They are just yeah. I mean, and they're probably almost certainly going to lose Stephon Diggs in the off season. So it's it's hard to look at the AFC and pick the biggest challenger to Mahomes because I thought this year was the Ravens' year, really. Like, and even watching the game they played against each other, I thought the Ravens were the better team. It's just they didn't execute, and that's now that. Uh, Mahomes and Reed and company are stacking these postseason runs. They have that same kind of thing the Patriots had for a long time, where it's like they've been in this situation so many times in the postseason that they're they're not phased by it. I mean, look at how many you know lead changing drives there were in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl, where the Chiefs' offense takes the field and it's like, all right, another another day at the office. Um, these, it's hard to just have that if you haven't been there before you know so yeah and I just I I just felt like the Chiefs all year were just not playing like a championship team and then they just flipped a switch in January and all of a sudden we're a totally different team so it's hard to predict now if I think they're going to three-peat but if they do that I'll know by week one of the playoffs next year if they're going to win it I feel like because he's just so hundred percent every single time you're gonna get you know him giving it all to get the win it doesn't matter how he does yeah it. and it's like even if he makes a mistake or two he's still gonna have just like he's so hard to beat yeah i and i don't see that changing for quite a while to be honest i so. know it's unfortunate because <clears throat> we're staring another patriot dynasty in the face and there's pretty much no getting around it um, <laughs> Yeah. Maybe even worse than what we had to deal with with them. Well, we'll see how long Andy Reid is the coach because he's a big part of this thing in Kansas City. That's you true. Know? It's it's like I think Mahomes' talent is self-evident, but it is definitely a good thought exercise to just ponder, like, what if he had gone to Chicago or something? Would he be the same player? That's Like, football is such a team sport, and that gets so lost in the narrative sometimes that – Every single piece of the coaching staff and the roster, you know, like combines for the end result. And so when people are like, oh, Brady beat Mahomes twice in the playoffs, like, okay, is that one guy, the whole team and the whole t- coaching staff? Like, no, I hate those arguments. It's, it's not basketball, okay? It's a totally different sport. You can't just say this player versus this player. It's stupid. Yeah, that's kind of why I was always on the Peyton Manning uh, goat bandwagon. But, I mean,. He did suck in bad weather, so it's like... Well, I felt like at a certain point when Tom Brady won like three more Super Bowls after he beat us, and he beat us in the Super Bowl at like age 37. Yeah. But like at that point, even though Brady had more Super Bowls than Manning, you could still have a lot of arguments that Manning had a better career. But it's like Tom Brady had like a whole other Hall of Fame career after Peyton Manning retired. Yeah, and <laughs> and Brady always had those great defenses, and I mm. feel like we're just looking at that blueprint, but for Patrick Mahomes now, and it's just like the same. T- it's kind of creepy. They have no run, ga- no real like Hall of Fame talent run run game. Like no one in their running back room is a Hall of Fame player. Like Isaiah Pacheco is good, but like 
Patriots also mirrored that. They never really had a Hall of Fame running back. They had a Hall of Fame tight end. Chiefs have a Hall of Fame tight end. Hall of Fame quarterback. Chiefs have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And then they both have a great defense. So it's like, it's a pretty interesting blueprint to ignore, you know, spending a shitload of money on receivers and running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you look at the makeup of their defense too, like it's a lot of a lot of young players in that secondary that are just mm-hmm. balling out. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of it too is uh, Steve Spags as their coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's he's at the top of his game right now. Some of the most interesting videos I've watched on NFL defenses have been from him explaining it. Mm. Like, on I, I forget what other two guys he had in the NFL room, but he was like running down the whole thing on the whiteboard. Really interesting stuff. We'll, maybe we'll put up the link in, in the in bio or something, and people can check it out. But but yeah, it's uh, it's. They're they're going to be a problem in the next in in the immediate future. But I really like what we have going on in the immediate future and the long term. And uh, I guess we'll segue into the Seahawk coaching staff conversation. And uh, Mike McDonald making some moves with John Schneider this week and uh, over this past weekend brought a. I'm pretty happy with the with the names that are that have join this staff uh i'm not too familiar with the defensive coordinator um but that is i mean we'll get more familiar with him as as time progresses yeah and it was kind of interesting because in mike mcdonald's opening press conference it almost sounded like he was also going to be a defensive coordinator so <clears throat> i wasn't really expecting them to hire one mm-hmm. um aiden dirt dirty i mean we'll we'll find out how you say that name shortly here i imagine but uh, not super familiar with the guy at all. He was the D-line coach of the Cowboys, and the Cowboys had a good D-line. So, I mean, nothing bad to say about that. It's just, it's a mystery to me. Right. It's kind of a mystery box. But That's exactly how I felt. Um, one of my favorite moves we made was actually having Leslie Frazier come in as our assistant head coach. Same. Um, a, because he's a guy that's been around for freaking ever, and having such a young coaching staff... I think it is advantageous to have one guy in the room to have all that experience. And he's worked with uh, Mike McDonald before in the past. When Les- Leslie Frazier was last uh, defensive coordinator, the Bills' defense was, like, top five as well, like, for a few years in a row. So, really, in his recent track record, it's, like, nothing but good results. So, I think that's awesome. Um, I I agree. I I was very stoked that they brought him aboard because it, I feel like that's the main ingredient we needed to this puzzle piece is and and a guy with experience under his belt and Mike McDonald just doesn't have that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, love the hire and uh, it's making me feel very more much more comfortable as far as you know uh, the steps we're going to take. Um, it seemed like forever went by with the Seahawks not having an offensive coordinator after Shane Waldron was let go. Also, quick side note, I'm sure everyone has seen the, the JSN. JSN reaction yeah, to that. Waldron leaving. Have uh, you seen that, Colby? No, I haven't. It's pretty funny. It's uh, Someone on a talk show just asked uh, JSN for what he thinks he's bringing, what he thinks Shane Waldron is bringing to the Chicago Bears. And he had nothing he to had say. the most authentic response like ever yeah he was just like i mean oh yeah uh, this is it oh yeah okay hold on 
Bears fans are super interested about the offensive coordinator coming in, Shane Waldron. What can you tell them about who they just hired to, to uh, try to get this offense where it needs to go? Um, uh, oh. this, is, this is live? Yeah. <laughs> We're not live. We're not live. I'm playing. Um, <laughs> uh, good luck to y'all. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a great person, great offensive coordinator. I was very lucky to have him my first year. Learned a lot from him. Um, I think he's going to – I think him and Justin will mesh well. And, um, you know, adding more guys around him, uh, I think it would be great. So we'll see. Do you, do you have <laughs> any advice that you give to Justin in that situation, considering that you know the coach that's coming in? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean he's going to love Justin. Um, so really just Justin be yourself and, and go make plays. For um, <laughs> about a week Fair ago, enough. maybe a few days. But I forgot that he probably played with Justin too. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah. The whole what what would that have been like the twenty twenty season twenty twenty one? Yeah, it was when when did Trevor Lawrence get drafted? Twenty twenty one. So it was yeah because the they played each other in the playoffs. Season. Yeah, yeah. So obviously not the best endorsement from a player there. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get, not a lot of good things to say about the guy. Um, I was always very Waldron neutral. Like, I don't care that he's gone, but I didn't think he was a problem necessarily. I always thought we were going to get more <clears throat> of the, the pre-snap motions from him, and we just kind of never really got that. And it was I'm like hoping that's what we get in Ryan Grubb, and it really seems like that's what we're set up to be getting from him. Well, so to talk about Ryan Grubb, this guy, I mean, he hasn't been in the NFL yet, but for someone... Uh, just looking at their college track record, it doesn't get a whole lot better than the results he put up. He's put up everywhere he goes. And uh, another thing I like about him too is he's a former offensive line coach. And to me, I think our offensive line is maybe the biggest weakness on the team still, mm -hmm. and it's something we really need to work towards. So the fact that he's coming in with that previous offensive line coach experience, and that he brought in Scott Huff, the offensive line coach that was at UW was going to coach for Alabama. Um, also kind of hilarious, Kalen DeBoer is getting all his coaches robbed to come coach in Seattle. Um, anyways, I think that bodes really well for us to really just, like, turn the page on our offensive line and, and build something new and more sustainable. It also tells me, I mean, if he's a off former offensive line coach, I feel like that only – translates to being more physical on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. And that's kind <clears throat> of what we need because I kind of thought we got our asses kicked in pretty in much the, the second half of the season. Because remember, we looked good. We were overperforming because everyone was getting injured. Mm -hmm. And then every, it just kind of came back to reality and it was not a good reality. To be yeah, in. and what was bad was even when like Cross and Lucas were back, they still weren't a good offensive line. And they still couldn't block in the run game at all. I'm really worried about his is uh, Abraham Lucas's knee. I know because that seems like it's. I heard not he going got away. surgery. I want to say I saw a social I media post of him on like maybe. a hospital bed. Okay. Um, and that was like a month ago too. So we'll see. Last name. Abraham Lucas. Um. Yeah, so overall, I'm pretty happy with the coaching staff moves we made. And, I mean, like, there's not a whole lot we can say about right now. It's February. But the one move that made me just a little um, skeptical was the signing of Jay Harbaugh as our special teams coordinator. Not for anything to do with Jay Harbaugh, but the fact that Larry Izzo 
the guy who was our uh, special teams coordinator was doing a fantastic job. So I feel like that's kind of a case of why fix what isn't broken. Maybe they just really wanted Jay on the staff, and that was the only spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you – I assume you caught the Mike McDonald interview uh, on Brock and Salk yesterday. I was listening to it while I was cooking, so I don't really – He pretty much – there's a small tidbit in there where he says uh, that he's pretty much – his identity is a lot to do with the Harbaugh's because that's who who he grew up under. And I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it's like a – I know you extremely well higher, so and I trust you. That's kind of what my thought process was on that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's always tough to tell behind closed doors. Yeah, for sure. And you never, again, you never see these interviews that they have. One thing I saw on social media that I thought was kind of funny was as the Ryan Grubb hire was rounding out, I guess someone caught – Mike McDonald and uh, John Schneider out at a pub with Ryan Grubb in Seattle somewhere. So that's I think they're like awesome. Yeah, (laughs) it's cool that that's like one of our negotiating tactics is to just like have a beer with a guy and see what he's made of. It's like a really good way to like figure, you know, just the vibe of somebody. Yeah, because I mean, you got to think like it's like you know choosing coworkers and you don't want to work with someone that sucks ass to be around <laughs> as someone who has worked with people that suck ass to be around so yeah so it's okay to have one if they're really good at their job but no more than one <laughs> right um yeah uh, i don't know if you have too much more to add on the coaching staff but i'm i'm looking forward to seeing uh you know other names that we might be looking forward to bringing in the the when did we hire uh the d coordinator was that the most recent hire yeah so i think i i think um ryan grubb officially being hired wasn't announced till like yesterday but well because he was never officially a an alabama coach that's why it was the transition was so easy yeah but the um i think the defensive coordinator announcement was on sunday and I don't know, just with the Super Bowl and us being gone for this last weekend, yeah, a lot of these moves just came in the last few days, and I I, I haven't really had time to like sequentially list them out. Uh, but I guess the last thing I wanted to to bring up before we kind of sign off on this one is the roles that have not yet been determined on this staff, and there's a lot of them, you know, ranging from quarterbacks, tight ends coach, uh, assistant head coach, or sorry, associate head coach. Um, all sorts of assistant positions like that. Um, we still have a long list of guys that were filling those roles last year that their future is TBD, you know, whether they're going to retain that role or whether Mike's going to bring in someone else. So, like, for example, um, we have a couple Legion of Boom era players that were on the coaching staff. So our defensive assistant for the D-line was Will Tukuafu. Do you remember that big boy? Yeah. Uh, defensive assistant, Nico Thorpe. He used to be a special team standout. I recognize standout. Thorpe. And then one guy I really hope we bring on is the assistant, or keep on, is the assistant defensive backs coach for the cornerbacks is Deshaun Shedd, who was a very underrated guy during the – the pr- Legion of Boom I, years. I remember hearing too that he's a very like all the players love him. Mm-hmm. Like he they rally around him. And Mike said that he wants to retain as much of uh Pete Carroll's culture as he can. And so I, I to me 
I see no reason to let go of those guys. You know, they won a championship here. They know what it's like, and they're very well liked by the players. An interesting one, a very interesting one, is senior offensive assistant is Nate Carroll. So, Oh, yeah, I did see him on there. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it'd be kind of... Kind of rough for Mike to come in and be like, yeah, be Carroll's son, you're out of here. <laughs> so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what they do with these positions, but it's it's going to be interesting to see who stays and who goes because I think that kind of just will give a picture into the kind of culture Mike's trying to build. And I guess uh, one last thing to say about Mike, have you listened to many interviews with him so far? Yeah, yeah, I've listened to two so far. He's a lot different of a cat than Pete Carroll was. It's It's like... I, it's exciting because to me the number one thing that jumps out to me about Mike McDonald is the, the intensity that he just exudes in every word he says and just the way he looks like that he's an intense person. He seems and, super smart to me. Yeah, that's what I. What's the biggest green flag for me? Yeah, that, everything he says, I'm like, damn, I like you just sound poised and know what the hell you're talking about and kind of know how to you know take control of a room so to speak. That's exactly what I was going to say is the the intensity and the intelligence just jump out when when he speaks. So that's really exciting to me. And, you know, I think the, the, the fun personality Pete had, like, I'll always miss that. But just as far as like, let's let's win some fucking football games. Like, I, I am very optimistic about our future with this guy at the helm. Same, same here. Um, I, we're pretty much running short on time here, but uh, that's pretty much all I got, unless um, you have anything more to add. We'll probably be, I don't know, <clears throat> There's we're entering the off season, so it's kind of dead, dead month for yeah. the NFL, unfortunately. We'll um, still have, a, well, we got the combine coming up here in a couple of weeks, so yeah. we're, we're moving right into draft content, which is actually some of my favorite I think it's my favorite. we do. It's my favorite season for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I like to call it the start of the next season to our podcast. Yeah, I, the worst time is from like May to July when there's just nothing except the Mariners making us miserable. So. <laughs> the Mariners but, uh, just underperforming. <laughs> yeah, we're just forced to. But the one last thing I wanted to bring up uh, for this episode was uh, there's already been some stuff coming out on social media about 49ers players being unhappy and wanting to leave and like just... <laughs> That the Super Bowl hangover and losing an intense Super Bowl, I mean, it's a real thing. Look what happened. Losing Super Bowl forty nine broke the Legion of Boom. We were, we were never the same. About that, how like, you know, them losing the Super Bowl could just blow up the team. Yeah. I mean, it remains to be seen how that how that plays out because the Niners had a bunch of drama about them coming into the season with them trading Trey Lance, and everyone forgot about that in like four weeks, but. Um, We'll see how much that actually matters, but you look at, you know, a Super Bowl window is like when you have the most good players on affordable contracts, and this was their best chance, so. That's why I look at the AFC and the Chiefs, and I'm like, I don't foresee this not continuing. Well, they're already deep into this Mahomes mega deal. So I know. that's not changing. And they've already proven Kadarius Tony's our best receiver, and we can win the Super Bowl with that. Like, that's insane. But... Yeah, the <laughs> fact that Marvis, Marcus Veldes, Scantling, and fucking McCole Hardman were key contributors to a Super Bowl win. Yeah. Like, 
People call Jermaine Curse and Doug Baldwin pedestrian, but they could at least catch a fucking ball. Yeah, I would take Jermaine <laughs> Curse over all of those Chiefs receivers. Yeah, I think anyone that watched the, Jermaine's career would say the same. He's way better than those guys. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got for this one. Um, maybe yeah. we'll be talking about some players to watch at the Combine next episode. Uh, yeah, this is... I'm, I'm going to start learning all these names and saying them over and over again and then seeing the Dallas Cowboys draft them or something like that in games. <laughs> yep, happens every year. All right, well, yep, that's, uh, that's it for us, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Yep, see you next time.